Welcome to Mouthful with Shanti. We are at episode three, baby. Y'all are here. I'm here. We're doing it. Thank you for the support. I always appreciate it. I'm really excited for this episode. Marcus Williams is a comedian, an engineer, all around delight. I'm really excited for y'all to get to know him better. Here we go. <laughs> Welcome to Mouthful with Shanti Charan. I am Shanti. I'm your host. My guest today is comedian, writer, smart STEM engineer, A period. baddie, yes. Atlantean, ATL <laughs> <laughs> Marcus. Hey, thank you so much. Oh, just much. one named you. I oh, one name like Sharon shit. Look, People know. I'm going places. One name. People you know. made it when you only got one name. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Okay. okay, do you have a middle name? What's your whole name? Tell My tell name the is people. Marcus Allen Williams. Allen, Allen, mm-hmm. huh? I'm named after Marcus Allen, the famous Raider football player. Okay. My mom was a diehard Raider fan. Yes, she was. Do you, did you have the athleticism growing up? Were you no, part of the football team? Absolutely not. I, well, you, you know at the, you were at the games though. You okay. were in the game. Well, I wasn't out yet, but I knew <laughs> something was going on in that field. That I like. No, I have a funny story. You know, one time when I played, I was like, my, both of my brothers played football, so it's like I'm about to play. I'm gonna play. I play, somebody hit me. I start crying. I was like, I can't play no more. I missed that. <laughs> I straight up start crying. I was like, uh-uh, see, I got me fucked up. You know, up. I think that's maybe what they need in football, though. They need that emotional, like, right. connection. Right. Maybe crying should happen more in sports. Right, yes. I think men would be a lot more emotionally intelligent. I'd be like, let's just fucking, let's not even, but let's just cry. <laughs> we need to make more athletes cry. Yes. <laughs> All that toxic masculinity. You need to get that out of there. Uh-uh, none of that. Okay, so. Was this your mom was a Raiders fan? But I know you grew up in I know you grew up in Atlanta. Yes, grew up in Atlanta. But your mom was a Raiders fan still. Raiders fan, yes. And she lives in Atlanta still, or is she here? She has passed away. Okay. Um, but well, I'm she, so sorry. I should have. No, sorry. that's totally fine. Um, but she, yeah, she was a Raider fan her entire life for as long as I knew her, which was my whole life. So. And then now you living in Oakland. Uh, Period. You know, it's funny how the universe. It's funny how the universe. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, my father has always lived in Oakland, so um, you know, I went to the first game back when the Raiders came back to Oakland from LA. Um, before they, where did they go? Then they, before they went to Vegas, obviously. Um, so obviously, yeah, obviously. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, Raider, Raider Nation, all day, Raider fan. Nice. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, I'm glad you actually brought Atlanta up because I, I wanted to ask you about just how was it like growing up in Atlanta? When did you move here? So I was born actually in Southern California, moved to Atlanta when I was 12. So that would have been 94. Yeah, 94. Oh, shit. You giving away your age and shit right, right. now. Right. Look, I'm 40, the- how? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Turn up. Um, you know, it was really tough, actually, when um, we when I first moved to Atlanta. Because that's, like you said, I grew up there. That's where I consider myself to be from. When I moved there, I was like the new kid from California, and them motherfuckers hated me, okay? Like, I got bullied and teased. They started calling me gay boy and all this other shit, and I was and like... And you're like, and? Well, I didn't know. <laughs> like, I wasn't even out at that point. Like, I, ser- I seriously had never had, I don't think, a thought about my own my own sexuality prior to um prior to moving to Atlanta. So maybe they saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. You know what I mean? So, so do you think moving to Atlanta help you understand your sexuality? Because I do hear that it's kind of like the mecca of yes, LGBTQ, black LGBTQ especially. Absolutely. Like how do you feel like growing up in Atlanta like 
helped you understand yourself in those ways, maybe in your blackness and in your sexuality? So I didn't come out until I was 26. So I had left Atlanta, right? I went to college here in the Bay. Um, I had left Atlanta. I was in graduate school. I went back to Atlanta for graduate school, Georgia Tech. Um, and that, and I didn't come out officially until I was like two weeks before I had graduated from from grad school, right? So, so like, you came out while you were in Atlanta. Yes, All to right. myself, right? Not like to okay. my family or anything like that. That's pretty awesome that you discovered yourself in in the in. At Mecca. It was a good a good place to do it. You know what I'm saying? All that fucking black ass in Atlanta. <laughs> is, I mean, it's like it's like a fucking buffet. I think you know more I mean? Morehouse is that. I think yes. Morehouse is in Atlanta, right? Morehouse is in Speaking Atlanta. of black ass. Well, yes, uh... yes. I, I beg to say that. I mean, I don't know what percentage of the men in Morehouse are gay, but I'm sure that there's a, a solid number of them. I think the good thing about it must they be gay. Yes. Okay. I'm not going through the the P to get to the D no more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, and let me take that back. I came, I think I came out later, but I was definitely going to, like, I had started to go to gay clubs. My first gay club I know I went to in Atlanta once I was, like, 24, 25. Um, a good friend of mine, still to this day, a really good friend of mine, took me to my very first gay club in Atlanta. So I had started to, like, dip my toe in the homo waters, if you understand what I'm saying. But I didn't, like, yeah, so that's kind of, all that was around that same time, that, 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 coming out that second year of graduate school because it was a two-year program. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's when it all happened. Um, do you feel like at the gay clubs in Atlanta, or at least the one you went to, do you feel like there's some, like, separation between, like, maybe uh, black and brown, like, BIPOC gay clubs and, like, maybe white gay clubs? Or do you feel like it's all just intermingled? Oh, hell no. Atlanta is black and it's white. Like, okay. when I go to Atlanta and I go to gay clubs in Atlanta, like, I don't see white people. Like, I go days without seeing white people in <laughs> It's amazing. It's like fucking black as shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love it. Like, I don't even know. Like, I forget that, like, white people exist for, like, a couple, <laughs> for a few seconds. It's like, I get to the airport, and I'm like, damn, I'm like, it's black as fuck out here. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's where you see white people at the airport? That's it. Like, and there's all these motherfuckers trying to leave. Yeah, <laughs> so that's the airport. I swear to God. I do not say no white people in Atlanta. Like, <laughs> it's so many black people. That's the best part about it. Like, I don't see, I don't. Like, when I was in Atlanta, I was there, I think last month I was in Atlanta. Oh, and it was just like, I, I ain't even gonna say he white. I wanna say he was like, given like light skinned Latino, <laughs> like white passing, but like I feel like yeah. you, do, you just do not see, it's completely separate. Black people have their own gay clubs, and like, if you ain't black, you got your own shit somewhere. There's a couple clubs that are like diverse, right? That kind of have sort of that sort of Bay Area kind of like, well, not even Bay Area because we don't really got no Mexicans and stuff in Atlanta. Like, but, <laughs> <laughs> no Mexicans, no white people. I mean, Mexicans just started coming to Atlanta, like, recently. Like, for real. Like, it was black or white. Like, Atlanta's very much a black or white place. It, it's diversified a lot now. It's not yeah. as bad as it was. Because um, I said, like, there was, like, that. Actually, like, really, yeah, now that I think about it, the only things I know about Atlanta are very black things. Like, I knew that Morehouse is Atlanta. Mm -hmm. That's black. Okay. What else do I know about? Best strip clubs. Because I know clubs. a lot of rappers talk about it in, in, yep. their, in their music. Or yes. uh, interviews, they talking about Atlanta strip clubs and, and predominantly black women at those strip clubs. Yes, so. Atlanta is. Known I guess for a lot strip of the clubs. Atlanta things. Two of the Atlanta things I know internationally are black. Internationally, Ray Charles. Right, he was born. Uh, he was born in like I think he was born out. But in the he sticks, did the song uh, Georgia, Georgia, Georgia on then, my mind. The national. That's a state song. And yeah, and I think 
when I watched the movie, there was actually in the movie there was a scene where he went and like he couldn't play the song. I think that was. But I don't right, remember. they banned him for something. I need to know my black history. I feel bad. I be needing to know this stuff. But then they, they banned him or something. He did something. There's a lot to know. You it's know, Marcus, Georgia. there's they a lot of oppression to, to, you can't know everybody's oppressive story. And see, that's you know? why I don't fuck with the white people when I be in Georgia. Because <laughs> <laughs> they always doing something they don't need to be doing. <laughs> Bad and Ray Charles. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> do you ever do you ever feel like you notice non-black gay men coming to Atlanta being like, yo, we trying to get some of that chocolate. Uh, sure. I mean, well, so they I, come know, in. I can't say that I've experienced that firsthand because, again, I just don't see white people in Atlanta. Um, it's so, like it's like going to Finland to see Aurora Borealis. Right. <laughs> Atlanta to see. <laughs> well, isn't so that like, that's, <laughs> except for, isn't the Aurora Borealis, isn't that like once in a, once a season? I feel like Atlanta's black every, every day. Actually, you know what? You're right. Yeah. You're right. That is a once. It's like, like not once a season, but it's not every day. I did go on a date one time with this one white guy. This was years ago, and he I ain't seen him again because I was like, mm. but um, I think like maybe like a couple months ago, I went back and started looking through his Instagram, and he lives in Atlanta now. And all like every picture he took was was, was with like a bunch bunch a bunch of like gay black dudes. So I'm thinking he went down there on like some sexual tourism type shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't think it was. I don't think he was out there <clears throat> doing it for the culture. Or the movement. Mm-mm. So where are you traveling next? Next. I am off to Madrid. That's exciting. Um, where Where did you go before? I went to Buenos Aires, Argentina. I went to Sao Paulo, Brazil. And then I went to Mexico City. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're going everywhere. There's fine-ass people. Yes. You know, that is really what needs to happen. You're like, you know that is a saying? key determinant of where I yes, decide to go. Exactly. And then I was in L.A. a few <laughs> weeks ago. So I'm just kind of keep, keep this streak alive. You know what I mean? Yes. I think Madrid has some of the best-looking people. Yes, I can Like, wait. the women, the men, everything in between, everybody, left to right. I think everyone's hot. Do you feel like any of these trips you ever experience any, like homophobia and i know you say when you travel you do go to queer spaces like you're saying how you're staying in a gay part of madrid yeah but like when you're not staying in those spaces do you ever feel like you you are faced with homophobia um you know it's hard to tell i would say that i definitely feel like um i think i get more if i catch a vibe from people or like feel some type of way about like where i'm at or i'm getting looks i usually pretty much associate it with being black and that's necessarily associated with being gay yeah. cuz you know i have that joke like a lot of times people don't know i'm gay until i like open my mouth and a gucci bag hits the floor yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. like, <laughs> or like some skittles and starburst yeah. coming up out the, out the out the teeth but yeah so you so know so like maybe being black is a more salient part of your identity that maybe people are Acknowledging first, at least. I would say so, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so, yeah. There's obviously intersectionality and all of those other things. Maybe in even a lot of spaces, I'm sure people... Yeah, I think the black always comes first, right? Because I'm, like, tall, so I feel like I can sense people being intimidated, you know, the... Mm -hmm. The sort of like, you know, I've, women grab clutch, white women especially, like clutching their purses yeah. and feeling, you can see the like threat in their eyes. Like sometimes I'll be wanting to stab them just to like, you know, <laughs> just to like, since you're so scared, might as well get you something to be scared about. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd be like, see, see, see what he did? Exactly. So yeah, I think I get that more than anything. What is it like, like working in a predominantly white space or in predominantly white spaces? Um, you know, it's just, it's kind of like, you just get used to it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that I definitely have to be, 
very much aware of how I'm presenting myself. Like, I was on a call today, and this white woman was, like, <clears throat> incredibly disrespectful, just rude and disrespectful. And I'm thinking to myself, like, if I talk to her this way, like, if I was to just, like, give it to her the way that this lady is talking to me, like, they would call the police on me, right? They, I would be dragged out of this building, you know? And so you just have to be really aware, I think, or at least I have to be very aware. That really sucks. That sucks because it's, like, their idea of what attitude should be. Attitude right. is different everywhere. And, like, sometimes in, you know, black communities or people of color, our attitude is different. Exactly. And so just because I'm not doing it the way you want, like, Right, Karen asshole. Like I can, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can, but yeah, just ha I have to just be constantly. I think I'm hyper aware. Yeah. Of you know the words I'm using, how I'm speaking, how I'm presenting myself. Um, how does that you know just trying to read the room because I think that you know my experience is that people tend to be like I can see people tense up all the time just by like by, by me walking in a room. So. Yeah. So I just have to like kind of be aware of that. I think I can find myself overcompensating sometimes and being like maybe a little bit more like welcoming and accommodating than I would be exactly than I would be otherwise. I think I'm just a lot more probably a little bit lot more thoughtful. Like if I'm with some people who just know me, yeah. I just fucking spit it off the top. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm off the dome, I'm busting a freestyle, but <laughs> but um no, in the workspace I have to be very intentional and a lot more uh reasoned. Uh, yeah. seasoned with with how I speak and, and and yeah that's all and just try to make people a little bit more welcoming be like more accommodating I think than I would be otherwise do you feel like you do you feel like you receive that type of energy in queer spaces also like any type of racism or feeling like you stick out because you're a tall black man sure um, that's I don't really go to the Castro or no place like that the white gays they be doing the same shit I feel like you know, me being gay doesn't in any way mitigate the fact that I'm black, right? I mean, the Castro has a history of discrimination, right? They used to make black people show two forms of ID before they went into whatever the fuck that bar. I think it's Badlands or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, all of the former black, there was a couple black-focused gay clubs in the Castro that all turned down. Um, I've heard, I wasn't here when those things were open, so I can't really speak to the history of that. Um... But yes, yes, I think that um, I do not necessarily feel comfortable in predominantly white gay spaces. Mm -hmm. um, those aren't spaces that I spend a lot of time in. Um, you know, if somebody's having a little birthday party or, you know, something like that. From what I know of you, mm -hmm. I feel like you're comfortable in your sexuality sure. and open. What would be like a thing like so? So if you had to give something good. If I have to get something, get, give, give, give something and good, then get. I, I could suck a dick now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like you, I feel like, like as a gay man, like you got to know how to suck dick. You okay. know what I'm saying? It's important that you suck the dick. And like, yeah. the thing is, no teeth. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like everybody should know that. This is like a yes. basic, you know, don't nobody want their dick bit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or scraped. Right. No, okay? Like, scrapers are for, like, 880 North, okay? They're not for the bedroom, okay? <laughs> Gas break dip somewhere else, you know, be scraping. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's obvious. Also, the wetter, the better. Okay. Right? Gagging, add some juice to that thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I want to see you cry, ho. Cry. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's like, ooh. Uh, that, shit, <laughs> that shit's good. That, that's hot. That should have made me mad. <laughs> that, 
<laughs> that is good. I'm just jealous because it's like I want to choke someone with my pussy too, but you don't yes, get to react the same smother, way. Smother their ass. I mean, I smother, but I don't get, don't get to see that reaction. Right. You just have to like really forcefully, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Which I like doing. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it's like it's a power thing. A it's a power way. thing. It turns me on. Yeah, it's really fighting the patriarchy. Exactly. That's what I'm doing when yeah. I smother a man's yeah. face with my Fuck pussy. Yeah, eat this patriarchy. Can eat this pussy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the best sex I ever had in my life was I was fucking with this one dude, right? And he had this, um, this like prostate massager. Okay, describe to, I don't know. It's what... like it's like this tool that's curved like this, okay. but it had like a small like ball, and then okay. like the balls got progressively bigger. It wasn't like okay, it was a, a prostate massager. So Google something it. that slides into your butt in your butt, and then vibrates inside. It doesn't the vibrate. Butt. It didn't oh. vibrate, but it like is designed to start tapping that prostate. He put that shit in my booty. Child, I came so hard. I curled up in the fetal position. Like it was, I was like super vulnerable. I was like, like it was so. I, I've never come. How was it like exploring that now? And so now that you're telling me you're super vulnerable, prostate massage. When you come out, especially coming out around 26 or or whatever, like at an age later on where people are expected to stigmatize as a heterosexual man, we're expected to stigmatize like anything with the butt. So what did it feel like breaking away from that? Like, what is it like transitioning from like, oh, I was living a heterosexual life where people, you know, that's not something that's accepted. It's stigmatized because then it's looked at to be gay. But now that I am gay, like how do you, what is that transition like moving with comfortability with butt stuff? Well, um, no, that's a good question. I think, I'm trying to think, like, what my transition was like moving into bed. I feel like once I had come out to myself and was like, bitch, you gay, we gonna do this, you know what I'm saying? It was a lot easier. You know what I mean? Like, it just felt like the more natural progression of things. It felt easy to experiment and try things out. Um, anal sex can be painful. You know what I mean? You mm -hmm. gotta, like, so I think... Beginner position, what would you recommend? Um... I would say probably maybe missionary. Whatever allows, I feel like, the person on the receiving end to sort of communicate and drive the boat. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Be in control of the depth and the pressure and all of those other things. And I feel like that's harder to do if you face down ass up. You okay. Know? Thank you for the tips. You're welcome. I'm sure a lot of our, our listeners are gonna are appreciating these these tips. Uh, yeah, in 2023, it's, it's, it's the year of the butt, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. Get your ass ate. In 2023, get your ass ate. Like, and I love getting my ass ate. Okay. Like, it is so good. Like, I just ass love it. Ass eating is great, but I'm going to go in a different direction with this because I think this is really important. Um, let's talk about ass cleaning. Okay. Uh, I've stumbled across a couple of TikTok videos recently um, about how men uh, are not cleaning their booty holes. And one of them is a woman that works at a doctor's office, and she's like, a lot of the men's like a proctologist. When they wear their gown and they sit on the paper thing, when they get up, there's a little mark on the paper thing from the booty hole. That's I nasty. Watched, That's I watched another TikTok. Y'all hoes is nasty. I watched another TikTok video, and this woman put marks under each of the soap containers in the shower and was like, my boyfriend doesn't use soap. I'm going to go in here after the shower to see if anything was moved. Nothing was moved. She's like, what did you use? He goes, I just used water. That's not clean. And she's like, yeah. 
That's so now I'm, I'm stumbling across men don't clean their booty hole type of thing. But I know the guys that I'm with have always cleaned their booty hole because I've never felt or seen anything wrong. But is it? And this is not about a gay. This is not a sexuality based mm. question. It's a it's a it's a man based question, which is like, what what's going on with cleanliness, cleanliness down there? Look, I got a bidet. My shit be clean, okay. Like I wash my ass, okay. I spread my cheeks and get up in there. You know that is important. Cleanliness is. How do you clean your butthole in the shower? And this is not like a weird question. Like honestly, like people should talk about this. Yeah. How do you clean your butthole? So what I do is I put the lather all of that up. One hand moves the cheek to the side, yep. and then the other hand gets in the crack. You okay. know what I'm saying? Oh, you, Audrey Lord is about to come off the thing oh, in the back. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 I gotta wash my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. But look, you gotta get in there and wash that ass. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, okay, I'm gonna go a little more detail here now. Mm -hmm. So, you lather the hand. You're not using the bar of soap. We're not using the washcloth directly, okay? We're lathering it up on the hand. Once you get in there, what's the motion that you use? You can't, because like if this was a butt cheek, you can't just be like, done. Because what about, see, assholes have crevices. Right. Go so, ahead. lather it up, one cheek to the side, it's, you know, rub. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everything all up in there. You gotta wash that shit out. You know what I'm saying? Like every. Look, every place a droplet of water on my body touches mm -hmm. gets soaked. Yep. And I I feel like you have to keep the asshole a little loose when you do it, too. Yes. Because if you have a tight asshole, the tightness keeps those crevices from opening up and yes. receiving that water. Yes, and, and that's soap. soap. Exactly. So there's yes. there's steps to this. You got to right. loosen the asshole. Right. You got to lather. You got to put it in your hand. Yeah, you can... exactly. I just want you to know how people going to know. You know, that's right. why you come. That's why you watch Mouthful and you subscribe to this show. So you... Yes. <laughs> So you can learn proper methods. That's right. Look, I how to wash your ass. Uh -uh. And get you a bidet, too. I feel like that helps a lot. Yeah, I like my bidet. I love it. I even love using the bidet in the front, too. Like, Ooh. I just tilt back a little bit, you know, after sex. You could you could use the bidet if you tilt up and then yeah, it sprays up and you okay. can, it gives a little little pussy splash. Ooh, sometimes exactly. you can't shower after. And there sometimes I've done the whole stand in by the sink, cup it in my hand, and I just let the water fall on their fucking rug. Yeah, <laughs> uh, shit, they got some push. You better get, just like, just tell them to tell you thank you. You know what I'm saying? Sharing your juices with them in their house. That's what you're supposed to Oh, do. I just do this at people's houses, Marcus. I wasn't talking about people I'm fucking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just. I, you're welcome. You're welcome. I, <laughs> Okay, just go into the bathroom and put your pussy juices on the ground. I love it. I love it. They should be so thankful. <laughs> she said, I ain't even fucking up. I just. <laughs> so we like to end this show on asking our guests um, a question that can help better get to know you. Mm -hmm. How can someone better love you? That is a great question. Um, you know, I think for me, it is really important in romantic spaces for me to feel safe, right? I have to feel extremely comfortable. Um, I think that need for comfort, I'm learning is why I stuck in that damn last relationship for 13 years, right? There was mm -hmm. a level of comfort and comfortability and acceptance and I felt safe, you know what I mean? I think that's really important. I think that I romantically, I'm naturally like more stick to myself. Like I don't want to 
naturally kind of push people away a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I think in those spaces, it's really important that I just feel safe, comfortable, that I can feel my be myself. And I just think that takes time, right? So, like, I'm not, like, the type to, like, you know, have, like, a one-light stand or, you know. I mean, it, it has happened. I mean, it happened when I went to L.A. Um, but Did it happen when you went to Argentina? No, I just got some head in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> but that's safe. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he had a safe mouth. Um, you know what? I saw a movie when I was 16 on Lifetime. This 16-year-old girl gave her first blowjob, and she got syphilis from it. So so fucking weird. You know, not to make vacation and glory holes right. no more fun. Right. I love the glory <laughs> holes. Those are my favorites. Yeah, I remember you talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so that that's what I think. I think... Um, you know, I'm kind of just sort of moving past that last relationship. So I think that, um, you know, I'm just going to be working on myself here in the meantime, mm-hmm. you know, figuring out, you know, cause you know, everybody plays a role in the reason a relationship ends. It's never one sided. Right. Yeah. So I got to take responsibility and stock of the things that I did and sort of figure out why I made those, own, those decisions. But the question was, how do you love me? Just let me feel safe. You know, spend some time with me. Um, vibe. Establish a connection. We got to be cool. We got to be chill. You just got to feel comfortable. Be able to suck some dick. Let me tell you something. If I put my dick in your mouth and you bite me, <laughs> that is the opposite of safe. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> At that point, you're like a uh, like genital terrorist. You know what I'm so don't be, don't be a genital terrorist. That's how, uh, that's how like, they can love you. Just don't bite me. You know what I'm saying? Like No got scraping, it. no biting. I'm not into pain. Like That's like the opposite of safe. Like, I, that's like an attack. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just that is gentle. Gentle. Love, smooth jazz. Mm-hmm. Deep, deep throat. Because <laughs> then I feel sad. I don't know if that's you know gentle. That's gentle. <laughs> that's gentle like, that. You could deep throat gently. Like <laughs> earlier, I want to see him cry. <laughs> no, all that can be gentle. You can cry like, oh, oh, and then cry. You know what I'm saying? Like you could do that in a loving way. Oh God. Like, tears of love. I like that. Tears of love. Yes. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for being here. It you was... taught me a lot today, honestly. Thank you for being on the show. Yeah, you taught me I a love lot. It so much. No so one good. ever like detailedly explained how to clean a booty hole before. Right, well, so I'm glad I could help. I feel like this is this is where you come for information. Exactly. Have it, look, if anybody's people. wondering how to clean that ass, okay? <laughs> Tune in, episode four, <laughs> mouthful. <laughs> Exactly. We'll do a side Patreon. We do yes. a demonstration. You can catch us on a little YouTube clip. We're going to be each cleaning our booty hole. Exactly. <laughs> Look, a whole live-ass demonstration. <laughs> yeah, it's too funny. Ooh, all right. I think we got it. Thank you so much for tuning in to Mouthful with Shanti. Please follow us on Spotify, Instagram. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Whatever you can. Subscribe and follow us on. We're on it. Do it. I'll see you next time.